You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. It is another Monday here. We have four weeks left in the regular season. For many of you, three weeks left in the fantasy football season overall, including the playoffs for seasonal leagues. We still have DFS to play over the next month. So a lot of good stuff still to look at in fantasy football. It was a wild and wacky week 14. Welcome to the NFL. That's almost every week here, but late in the season with injury additions and attritions and surprises across the board. Players we never thought we'd have on our fantasy football rosters that we're trusting late in the season it got a little nuts out there. We had also the six teams on by, so we had to navigate through that, play players we wouldn't usually, and then uh, get some surprisingly great results and some really disappointing ones from the guys we've counted on all season long. So that's what we're going to do here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We're going to break that down for you, all the reactions you need to know, and plus a unfortunate busy week of injuries. So we'll break that down as well coming out of the games going into week 15. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. We're free and available to you on all platforms. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to six players. They score more or less than their Price Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's pricepicks.com. Promo code locked on. We're very happy because we did really well. We got to 70% of our prize picks picks of the week go for us, especially that nice game against the Lions and Vikings. That was absolute shootout there and uh, didn't uh, disappoint if we looked at Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. So they came through. We had Miles Sanders blow up pretty nicely here. So we're excited to uh, play prize picks here the rest of the season, and it's a good time to get in on it here to play a little bit of uh, Daily Fantasy made easy on top of your seasonal runs into the playoffs. All right, let's look at first the disappointing. Let's get the bad news out of the way, shall we? Let's uh, cleanse ourselves of some of the things that were not in our favor here in fantasy football in week number 14. Let's start with the Buffalo Bills. We knew this matchup was going to be tough against the New York Jets and that defense swarming and was difficult the first time. Well, we expected a little bit more. They really got their running game not going. Devin Singletary and James Cook didn't do anything. You also had the combination of Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis combined for six catches for 68 yards. They both had three catches, three for 31, three for 37. Really disappointing overall. That leads to Josh Allen not being all that great. He did salvage his day with 47 yards rushing and a team that was one of the price picks we hit. He was 41.5 was the more there and we just got over that with Josh Allen. Only 147 yards passing at home. He gets the touchdown to Dawson Knox. So when you look at it overall, it wasn't terrible for Allen, but he had the two touchdowns. But this passing game, this running game, just disappointing here. And it hasn't been all that great for multiple weeks here. So Bill's a little bit concerning here. They get the Dolphins this week. The Dolphins don't play as well as the 
defensively as they do at home, as they do away. I mean, you look at the, their struggles against the Chargers. They did not look very good there. So the Bills should rebound against that Dolphins defense that struggled, but we will see what happens here. But I'm not feeling a lot of confidence here. These receivers have been a bit hit or miss. They don't really have a rhythm in terms of, okay, we're going to throw to Diggs this much. We're going to involve Gabe Davis. It kind of toggles between Isaiah McKenzie and Dawson Knox based on the type of matchup they face. They had zone. So they did a lot more of the tight end and work in the middle of the field. When they get man-to-man, they threw to Isaiah McKenzie and spread the field with 11 personnel. So I don't think they've completely had the rhythm of the play calling. It looked unstoppable early, but really of late, Josh Allen has been a bit disappointing as our brain looks at him as being the QB1 overall. He's not that anymore. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, these guys have passed him here. Joe Burrow's on his heels here. We've seen Justin Herbert start to bring it a little bit more with his numbers. But really, Josh Allen, overall, this offense was disappointing, despite Allen salvaging his day with those couple touchdowns and the rushing. And we talked about the Dolphins. They're going to play each other, the Bills and Dolphins. In Buffalo on Saturday night, Tua looked terrible. He started the game 3 of 17 against the Chargers. He got very lucky because they were really pinning down Tyreek Hill pretty well. He had an ankle injury, but then we saw the fall down there, basically by Michael Davis. It got tangled. Tua got free for the 60-yard touchdown, but that was it. Otherwise, Tua only had 85 yards passing and no scores there. He had 28 yards rushing, but... We thought this was going to be a high-scoring game. We get it. The Dolphins should run a little bit better on the Chargers, and that was their weakness. But Chargers also didn't have their key slot corner, Bryce Callahan. So you thought middle of the field, that was going to hit Hill. The injury, of course, hampered him. He was in and out of the lineup. But Jalen Waddle disappeared. They didn't really throw to other guys. Trent Sherfield and uh, Mike Gusecki, they weren't involved at all here. So Tua was just struggling. They took away the middle of the field. He wasn't all that great. And we saw the results. Uh, they were bad. I mean, Justin Herbert... Again, he only had the one touchdown, but he well went over 300 yards there to have a much better day than Tua overall. But uh, Herbert, at least you know, was playing well and just didn't get that second touchdown that we're looking for. If he did, then the night would have been fantastic. But you look at Tua, it was just terrible overall. That You feel like he got lucky again with that long touchdown with Hill. Otherwise, it was a brutal night for the Dolphins' young quarterback. Tom Brady, look, I knew the passing volume was going to be there, but the two interceptions really hurt. They had one a long touchdown pass to Mike Evans called back by a holding penalty. Otherwise, that would have been different, decent, right? We would have got the 250-2. and two. He went for 253. The turnovers were bad. Mike Evans wasn't getting open. Chris Godwin wasn't getting open. So that was the disappointment. This 49er secondary is beatable. But those Bucks receivers, the guy who caught the touchdown pass, Russell Gage. But everyone else was very quiet here. 5 for 53 for Godwin to lead the Bucks here. Mike Evans, again, has been terrible. He's not scored... In uh, nearly 10 games now, he's up to nine games without a touchdown. That's insane. We get the Bucks offense is not scoring a lot in general, so it's hard to get touchdowns within that mix. But Todd Bowles said the team stunk overall. They were really bad defensively. Byron Leftwich was disappointing with the play calling. So it is uh, pretty brutal, and the Bucks continue. Beat goes on here. We'll see if they do a little bit better against the Bengals this week. The Bengals defense is playing really well, stopping the run. They will be without uh, Trey Hendrickson. That was the key defensive injury there. So that might help Brady a little bit if he can get Tristan Wirfs back and with Donovan Smith maybe not having holding penalties, but a lot left to be desired still with that Bucks offense. And the backfield is just messy now. They're dumping off to Fournette and Rashad White. White loses a fumble. We knew they weren't going to run very effectively. So he squeezed out some points with Fournette in PPR settings because it was five catches. But 
Overall, pretty rough outing for the Buccaneers. All right, let's uh, cleanse ourselves of those uh, quarterback and uh, wide receiver performances. A couple more that we look at. Christian Kirk, only 5 for 45, but a product of uh, just Evan Ingram going off and Zay Jones having a better matchup outside. Titans, a little bit better in the slot. Uh, We were a little bit disappointing. We had Christian Kirk getting a few more receiving yards. We didn't need all that much in this game, but he ends up with 45. So one of the prize picks that didn't go away, but again, dominant performance by that Jaguars passing game. You look at uh, DJ Moore here. It's uh, brutal. He didn't uh, catch a ball in the game. Then we find out his ankle injury. We'll have more on that in our final segment. So really, wide receivers really came up big overall. But uh, And some surprises also went off, and we'll talk about those in our next segment. But overall, it was pretty bad when we look at Kirk and Moore disappointing us in fantasy. And we didn't like Moore. Keep that in mind. That Tariq Woolen matchup was pretty bad, and it did not come to fruition. And then he left the game. After it, with an ankle injury, not feeling great. Now, the Lions' backfield, let's get into the backfields that really disappointed us. Well, Justin Jackson did come through the touchdown for no one. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams were bottled up by the Vikings, and they had a positive game script. They were playing with the lead, so they thought, okay, that's going to be great for Williams and or Swift, but they went piecemeal. They got Jackson involved here. Swift and Williams didn't see enough production. Their rushing was very limited, 22 for 58 on the ground. So they didn't really try to get them involved much in the passing game at all. They need to. They played to the lead. They kind of grinded out the game a little bit against the Vikings. So disappointing for sure at home that neither of those guys had impact running or receiving or scoring. All right, let's look at Travis Etienne. He's getting the volume, 17 touches. We like that. He's pretty much the only Jaguars uh, back on the field in all the key situations, but he got a few looks in the red zone, but no looks in terms of uh, targets. They're just not throwing to him, and that's just not the nature of this offense with their wide receivers spreading it out and Engram being involved. So, at the end, the pass catching hasn't been there. That's been the biggest disappointment, much like Dalvin Cook. There, Dalvin wasn't all that great in, in the game. I mean, he did have a touchdown for the Vikings, and his season's been rather mediocre. But we were promised that Cook and Etienne were going to have a lot more excitement and usage in the passing game. We have not seen that here this season. So Etienne, very disappointing performance here of late. That foot injury, we'll see if it uh, really affected him here. They do uh, move on, and we'll see if Etienne can get going. He just needs a favorable running matchup, which the Titans was not. And if you don't catch passes, you're not going to put up running back numbers against the Titans. All right, finally, let's look at two more. Dante Foreman, 21 carries, or 21 touches, I should say, one catch involved in that, but only 74 yards rushing, 75 yards from scrimmage. Very disappointing when you look at that matchup against the Seahawks and the Panthers running all over it, but it was the Chuba Hubbard show. We'll get into that. And Raheem Mostert, there was an opportunity there. If you started Mostert, maybe it's a flex, hoping that they could exploit that Chargers run defense. Jeff Wilson Jr. goes uh, down at halftime with a hip injury. Okay, you think they're running the ball. They started looking good, and they abandoned the run again. 12 for 44. This Dolphins team, just not a very effective running team. We've seen all season, and even in a great matchup with the Chargers, it did not come to fruition. All right, there's a look at the... Disappointments, the ones that stood out for us here. We'll get into a lot of the good performances. There were a lot of those that really helped our fantasy teams. That's what we want. Unfortunately, again, injuries uh, really uh, kind of uh, curbed some of our production here in week number 14. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, and now Australia. You can book a spacious SUV at Turo for 
a family road trip, maybe you want a minivan as well to go old school, you can also get a classic or luxury car if you're celebrating a special event, birthday, or holiday. And if you're just looking to get from point A to point B, you can find affordable economy cars there as well. You can also test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on and see how it fits in your everyday life and see if you want to get one. Many Tarot hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip you take with Tarot is backed by liability insurance, so that is a good peace of mind there. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget those boring rental cars and find your drive only at tarot.com. All right, uh, this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion. Available right now as a bonus episode on Locked on Presents. Think Like a Champion is a brand new podcast from Audible starring Russell Wilson. Russ is a champion on the field. It's been a tough season here, but off of it, uh, we really uh, don't know and rarely know the grind on his path to greatness. Russell Wilson alongside co-host Harry Wilson and the late Trevor Mowat dig into how high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders push the boundaries of their potential. Each episode features interviews with Olympic medalists, NFL stars, and business leaders. You'll hear from greats like MVP Von Miller from the Super Bowl 50 with the Broncos, a two-time Super Bowl champion, as well as NCAA champion Tim Tebow and the Heisman winner there. So, You'll see what makes them tick as champions uh, brought to you by Russ. Hosts will swap stories and share proven mental techniques that have gotten the world's most elite performers across the finish line and beyond and to recover from adversity available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. Head over to Lockdown Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch a full series available anywhere you get your podcasts. Available everywhere. Now, Audible, get in the game. All right, we'll continue the show with the nice performances, surprises, and standouts there from week 14 here on our reactions on a Monday here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's uh, be positive now. Be positive. Bring it in. We got rid of the negative energy out of here in our first segment, so we're going to go positive here. How about those Jaguars and 49ers and those young quarterbacks? Trevor Lawrence, second-year guy, really putting it together here. 368-4. and four. Disappointment last week in Detroit. He had a heater going uh, two weeks ago, but now he's back on track here. He had one touchdown rushing. He looked great on that. It was a play that uh, no one touched him. He looked great. And physical and confident there, threw the ball downfield. Evan Ingram goes off here. Zay Jones, what a performance by both those guys. Zay Jones, 6 for 77 and 1. The Titans secondary on the back end, really bad. It was a great matchup for Jones. He went nuts. But how about Evan Ingram? 11 catches, 15 targets, 162 yards and 2 TDs. I know the Titans couldn't cover the tight end, but tight end outside receivers. It seems like Doug Peterson kind of read how to attack the Titans really well because again the running wasn't effective he ran just enough to keep them honest throw downfield work to the tight end they knew the attention was going to be on Christian Kirk so really good game plan by Doug Peterson press Taylor to get Trevor Lawrence comfortable in that matchup on the road in Tennessee keep in mind the Titans had dominated they had won nine straight meetings in Nashville so 
great for Trevor Lawrence to get over that and produce. And Lawrence is going to be pretty big in fantasy, I think, next year. The weapons are starting to come together. Jones is legitimately a good number one outside receiver. They'll probably get a little bit more juice with Calvin Ridley coming back. So you have Ridley and Jones, and then you got Christian Kirk in the slot. Evan Ingram looking really good at tight end here. He's moved into the top five in fantasy this year with that big monster performance here for Ingram, getting him into five scores here. So he scored in back-to-back weeks. Ingram is on a heater as well here. So very impressive here overall. And a little bit disappointing with Kirk, but... Again, when Engram and Jones blow up like that, someone's going to be limited. We saw that with Kirk and Etienne in this game. Now, Brock Purdy, he didn't get to 200 yards passing. He wasn't always Purdy, but he came out of the game late because the 49ers dominated so much offensively and defensively. 185 passing yards only, but he had two touchdowns. Looked good delivering those and a rushing touchdown for Brock Purdy. So overall that, you'll take that from a Jimmy Garoppolo type performance. You would have loved that. Or if you had Trey Lance in there and you had the three touchdowns, you're going to take that every time, even if it's less than 200 yards passing. So Brock Purdy looked comfortable. He's distributing the ball well. The 49ers were rolling. Brandon Ayuk caught a touchdown. Debo Samuel got in the end zone as well. George Kittle was the only one who didn't get on the fun because he had Christian McCaffrey go off for a couple scores as well. So Brock Purdy, the 49ers uh, offense, didn't really miss a beat. He was kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo back there facilitating and looked very confident in that matchup against the Buccaneers defense that's only struggling big time. This week, it might be a little bit uh, tough here for the 49ers. They get the Seahawks in Seattle in a short week. More oriented to run on than a pass on here, as we saw with the Panthers going off there. But CMC... What a performance by him. This is his best, I think, overall performance by a 49er because they lost Debo. They were a little limited elsewhere. They had a dominant rushing performance, dominant receiving performance. 16 touches, 163 yards, and two TDs. This is why they got Christian McCaffrey. Something were to happen to Debo. They were limited there. They've got their Swiss Army knife for this uh, 49ers offense, and he looked fantastic here for sure. How about J.K. Dobbins coming back from injury? He led the Ravens' backfield. They Totally dominated the Steelers. I thought the Steelers would struggle with the power running game. That's why I did like the Ravens in the game on the road. 15 for 120 and 1. He looked very good. Had a good burst. Finished well in the end zone there with his knee issue. Not having any concern here. So really like the performance of J.K. Dobbins against Pittsburgh. That's a good sign of things to come here. They get the Browns this week, by the way. The Browns are terrible against the run. Great opportunity. They just got gashed by the combination of Joe Mixon and Samaje Pirine. So J.K. Dobbins can continue the sizzling uh, return here. So J.K. Dobbins, maybe an unlikely league winner, but he's out there. Miles Sanders goes up and down, but we know if it's a great matchup for the rushing attack up the middle with our offensive line or Jason Kelsey, their guards, he's going to go off, and he did against the Giants. 17 carries, 144 yards, and two TDs. We liked him in DFS. There were Tony Pollard, who also scored twice. A little bit less uh, yardage production overall, but Miles Sanders, when he can get the blocking going in front of him, Jalen Hurts is running. Jalen Hurts looked great. He had 77 yards. We easily cleared both of these guys. There, They were well under uh, what we saw. Their price picks projections were set at. Uh, they went easily more. So the running game, you know, when it's a good matchup for the passing game, like it was last week against the Titans, they're going to pass, get the production, big games from A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. This week, you did get Smith and Brown score, so that route was really nice. But you knew they were going to pivot to the run this week because the Giants stink. So 
When you look at that, the Eagles are uh, bringing it really well here from week to week. So they're very predictable, which is great. They're going to exploit the other team's matchup with the strength of either they can do in the running and pass game. And you saw that. How about Jarek McKinnon? Seven touches, 112 yards, and two TDs. He was shot out of a cannon. The Broncos had no answers for him. So Chiefs just seem to find different guys every week. This week was the McKinnon and Juju Smith-Schuster week. Nine catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. And Juju had a tough matchup. I mean, he had Pat Sertain, too, on the other side. It was tough for these guys to get going. Uh, the running game, you can't exploit the Broncos if you stick with it a little bit more. But McKinnon doing it in the open field and getting going here. How about that, taking over? Isaiah Pacheco looked pretty good in this game, but it was still Jerk McKinnon as a special cog here. So him and Juju were the guys of choice, and that's what... You're going to have to figure out with the Chiefs that it's a little bit up and down with where they go in their production, and that's what we saw here. With these two guys exploiting that matchup most explode, and uh, Travis Kelsey had a quiet uh, day, so that's how it goes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to distribute and can be sometimes very frustrating to figure out. Zonvin Knight looked pretty good, 19 touches, 77 yards, and a TD, so he's entrenched now as the main Brees Hall replacement. Michael Carter faded here with his injury, not... A James Robinson sighting. He was inactive. So Zonovan Knight, bam, they do like him, and they like him because I think he can do the most things that Brees Hall could have done in the lineup. Now, Chuba Hubbard, this one threw everyone off. The Dante Foreman people, I said 21 touches, 75 yards. Chuba Hubbard, 17 touches, 79 yards, and a score. He just took over. It was uh, amazing to watch this uh, Panthers running game. Only 120 yards passing from Sam Darnold. But Chuba Hubbard, they just were able to push around the Seahawks. Uh, the run defense has struggled there in Seattle. The Panthers' offensive line played really well in this game. So Chuba Foreman, we knew it could be a hot hand, change from week to week. Things would uh, maybe be inconsistent there. That's what we saw. Let's go through our top receiver performances there. We talked about Evan Ingram. We also had uh, Chig Okonkwo do well in that game. Six for 45 and a really production of what we're looking for there with Okonkwo. So really good stuff with Okonkwo and uh, getting involved here as a needed cog in the passing game for the Titans with no C.J. Board and, of course, no trail on Burks in that game with a concussion. So something to look at there. We look at uh, the performance uh, from Justin Jefferson, 11 catches, 223. It speaks for itself. He dominated. The game script was negative. The Vikings were trying to play catch-up, just dominated the game against Jeff Okuda and those Lions corners. How about Chris Moore? We liked him as a bit of a flyer when we said Nico Collins and Brian Cooks weren't playing. He was the most productive guy last time. 10 for 124. We didn't expect that, making big plays for Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. So we didn't expect that. But again, uh, the, you know you can throw the Cowboys away from Trayvon Diggs. You can throw to the outside. He worked on the right spot. To produce there. So 10 for 124. And Chris Moore could stay a big part of this offense going forward. If especially Brandon Cooks is checked out. And Nico Collins still needs time or gets shut down here. Mike Williams returned. Welcome back Mike Williams along with J.K. Dobbins. 6 for 116. Beautiful touchdown. Toe tap there on a laser from uh, Justin Herbert in the end zone. So he's back. He's good. Start him every week. He can be a top QB. And it didn't matter that Xavier Howard was in that matchup. Uh, Mike Williams just crushed it and actually opened things up for Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer as well. How about Jerry Judy? Only 6 catches, 73 yards, and 3 TDs for Jerry Judy. Russell Wilson actually looked good. Unfortunately, Wilson got concussed. We'll have more on that in our final segment. This was Russell Wilson's by far best game of the season, working with Judy. It was a good matchup against the Chiefs. Judy worked the middle. He had those scores here. So 
Jefferson and Judy were your top uh, fantasy football receivers. We talked about Juju. DJ Chark and Jamison Williams. This has been great for Jared Goff. A lot of Emon Ross St. Brown, but not great for St. Brown because now the targets can be distributed a little bit more. Chark on the outside, fully healthy, 694-1. You also had Josh Reynolds score a touchdown. And you had Jamison Williams make his first NFL catch coming back from the knee injury. The Alabama product, first-round pick, 41-yard touchdown there from Goff. So now you have Chark and Williams and uh, Emon Ra and Reynolds and... The weapons are there, and they've gone full wide receiver. Moving TJ Hawkinson, it's opened it up for more 11 personnel, and that's what we're seeing here. And they threw, 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 and maybe they're going to become a pass-happy team here down the stretch to try to win games. This week, however, very tough matchup against the Jets, so let's cool off. It's not going to be great for all the targets here for Jared Goff uh, on the road. You, you know he's not as good, and he's got to play the Jets' defense this week, so something we got to watch out for. How about Marquise Goodwin? Five catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown for the Seahawks, the number three receiver behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Metcalf was playing through a hip injury. Lockett looked pretty good, but they usually don't get the third receiver involved. Part of it is they don't have the volume, and they play with a positive game script. They're playing from behind with Geno Smith in this game. So really a garbage touchdown late, but it counts for Goodwin. He's been their best third option all season long, but it's just very hard to sustain and maintain that here with uh, Goodwin, so again, don't go chase that, especially this revenge game against the 49ers is actually a very tough matchup. Zay Jones against 677-1. and one. Chris Kirk has a quiet night. And how about Richie James? He got the garbage touchdown with Tyrod Taylor in mop-up duty, but seven catches, 61 yards, and a TD. I know he's not juicy. The former 49er, however, is the slot receiver, the guy who makes all those shorter catches there. And it kind of has replaced Sterling Shepard in that role for the Giants as a poor man's version of Sterling Shepard. So that's what we're seeing here with uh, Richie James. So there's your takeaways there from uh, your better performances, the ones that are notable and stood out for their surprise or really dominant nature here in Week 14. We will close the show looking at our injury updates in our final segment. Unfortunately, again, a lot of key injuries, including Debo Samuel and a few quarterbacks, quite a few quarterbacks, actually. We'll get into that in our final segment here on a reaction show on Locked On Fantasy Football. Before we do that, we were excited about price picks. We did really well with our price picks picks of the week last week. Well, it should get you into Daily Fantasy. It's the easiest way to do that. You can make entries very easily. It's just looking at the player projections, no competing with other players. You just go more or less than the price picks projection. And again, it worked out really well. We liked a lot of the mores in that uh, Lions-Vikings game, and it came through with the two quarterbacks. We liked, uh, again, Jalen Hurts and uh, Miles Sanders. They came through that matchup on the ground against the Giants. So a lot of good stuff. You can get in on that action, and it's really fun. It's a good time to get into daily fantasy. Seasonal leagues kind of wind up, and you're looking at the playoffs. You want a little bit more action. Well, it's very easy to get in on price picks. You just pick two to five players. They go score more or less than their price picks rejection. You can win up to ten times your money on any Entry, no competing against other people. Again, it's just U-verse projections available. They offer projections on any sport that you watch at Price Picks. That includes, of course, the NFL, NBA, NHL going on here. We have the World Cup, college sports, as well with the bowl games and college basketball. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy to play at Price Picks. You can also expect safe and fast withdrawals there. 
Currently operational in more than 30 states in Canada, PrizePicks.com. It's very easy to get in. Download the PrizePicks app or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePicks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePicks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match worth up to $100. All right, it is time to close the show here on Lockdown Fantasy Football, and we'll look at our injury updates. So let's start at quarterback. The Ravens are going to be down possibly to their third-string running or quarterback against the Browns this week. Tyler Huntley suffered a concussion here against the Steelers, so that's not good. Anthony Brown had to take over. Lamar Jackson already missed the game with a knee injury. I'm not sure if he can return now, not getting a full week to return to play on Saturday here after missing a week with the injury. So I'm not sure what they're going to do. They might have to sign a quarterback and play him. There's no more Trace McSorley. Keep in mind, he's with Arizona. So I don't know what's going to happen here. And uh, they'll probably just run J.K. Dobbins a lot more and try to beat the Browns that way. But a little bit of a challenging game with an unknown quarterback situation coming up. And Huntley had some upside, but again, it kind of went away as it became an ugly, low-scoring game between the Ravens and Steelers, as we've seen often in those matchups. Russell Wilson, again, concussed as well in that game against the Chiefs. He was playing well, which is unfortunate. It was one of his better games of the season. Brett Rippon had to replace him, so we'll see what we get from the Broncos next week. Mike White, scary injury, ribs. He got banged up by Matt Milano. He had to go be hospitalized. He was able to travel home with the team, so very... Sad to see Mike White get banged up like that. Joe Flacco had to replace him in that game. So uh, let's hope that Mike White can maybe recover from this and play because I think he has a chance to nail down the starting job. They do get a matchup this week at home against the Lions, so it's a good spot for Mike White. Otherwise, you can probably see Joe Flacco over Zach Wilson in that matchup this week. Another concussion. Kenny Pickett suffered that against the... Ravens, so Mitchell Trubisky came in, and Mitchell Trubisky made the entire offense look awful. You might want to fade this whole Steelers passing game next week regardless. They're playing in Carolina against the Panthers, who just shut down and uh, created uh, havoc there for Geno Smith with their pass rush and secondary. So big blow. I think it's going to hurt the entire offense if Mitchell Trubisky has to come in. Now, Tom Brady was favoring his right hand. We don't know he's going to shrug it off and not get really into it, but... Definitely affected him in that game. We'll see. I think he'll play through it, of course, because he's the GOAT, and he's going to be competitive, and they're still going to be in the playoffs probably. But, man, it was tough to watch uh, Tom Brady a little bit in that homecoming game in San Francisco. Mike Boone was going to be a big part of what the Broncos did, but he got another injury here in the ankle. That's why Mike Boone has probably not been on a regular team here. So he's probably done for the season here after he got hurt behind Latavius Murray. Against the Chiefs, Damian Pierce, he's been the darling of fantasy. He's been a rookie steal. He's been really coming through as an RB2, but he got hurt. He had a very good game against the Cowboys. He found the end zone. The Texans were more competitive than expected. That's the thing about game script. You can't always predict it, but an ankle injury there for Damian Pierce. So we'll see what they do with the rookie down the stretch. Rex Burkhead, Dare Ogunbowale split the duties when he was not there. Jeff Wilson Jr., we thought this could be a breakout game against the Chargers and being able to run. He actually looked good early, but they had the hip injury before halftime that cost his return here. Raheem Mostert uh, got key touches again, didn't do much with it. So disappointing the Dolphins running game has been since that initial game. We haven't seen really the production. Now Wilson might need to miss time again. Those injury issues from San Francisco have carried over to Miami. Dontrell Hilliard, scary injury there, playing behind... Uh, 
Derrick Henry said, Henry, a little bit more work in the passing game as we've seen of late. Hassan Haskins also was banged up in the game. So we'll see what they do to a backup Derrick Henry. There's no clear handcuff now with this Hilliard injury and uh, the Haskins uh, being a rookie and also dealing with an injury. At wide receiver, DJ Moore disappointed all his fancy owners. We didn't like the matchup at all against Tariq Woolen and Mike Jackson in that secondary, even on the inside there with uh, Kobe Bryant, but really tough for DJ Moore. So ankle injury, maybe that explains why he wasn't at full speed. It's also they ran like nuts and only threw 120 yards, so the negative game script did not happen to help him. T. Higgins was hurt in the warm-ups. They revealed after the game. He's able to play one snap. They wanted to keep him out. Hamstring injury. God, this hamstring is just going to be nagging. It'll be tough to get him on the field this week against uh, the Buccaneers. They're playing in Tampa, so we'll see if they can get him going. Tyler Boyd is definitely going to miss time. A finger dislocation, so probably he's going to need some time on the shelf here. They had Trenton Irwin come in and be pretty productive in the slot. He had that long touchdown there from Joe Burrow on the flea flicker. Kendall Hinton was supposed to have a nice role replacing uh, the injured Cortland Sutton and K.J. Hamler, but it didn't really happen all that much. It was a dominant performance by Jerry Judy because Hinton hurt his hamstring here against the Chiefs. So another injury issue there for the Broncos at that position. Jalen Camp, he's a receiver for the Texans, but more injury issues there. So a lot more Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett, but Moore looks like the number one there should uh, Collins and Cook stay on the shelf. Tyreek Hill in and out of the lineup with an ankle injury, at least with his fantasy owners. He had that weird fumble recovery type of uh, touchdown, and then he had the long touchdown. So Hill still delivered for his fantasy owners, but ankle injury a bit concerning that he was in and out of the lineup in the second half. We'll see. Hopefully he'll be good to play on Saturday against the Bills. Corey Davis, a new injury. He just can't stay healthy. It doesn't matter. Tennessee or the Jets, it kind of follows him much like uh, we've seen with Jeff Wilson Jr. Players uh, get hurt often, and Corey Davis falls into that. Debo Samuel is the big one, man. Ankle injury, high ankle sprain. They actually dodged a bullet. I think they might have thought it was a ruptured Achilles or a fracture, but he's diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. That's not good for the fantasy football short-term prognosis. He's probably not going to be available for at least a couple weeks. That's probably going to take him out of the fantasy football playoffs. They're going to probably be careful and try to get him ready for the playoffs, especially if they defeat uh, Seattle and win the division on uh, Thursday night football. So I think they'll err on the side of caution with Debo, just like with everyone else, and try to get Debo and Jimmy Garoppolo their key guys there for the divisional playoffs. Uh, that's what I would expect now. So Debo was a great run. It was a disappointing season. He didn't get the volume. Part of his McCaffrey arriving and the quarterback situation changing here. But Debo overall is pretty decent, but just we knew there was going to be a drop-off from last season. It happened, and some injury issues have also limited him missed time and more missed time here at the end of the season. Daniel Bellinger, we liked him as a sleeper, potentially coming on a little bit, but ribs injury got knocked out again. So it's been a brutal few weeks for him. He had that eye injury that was scary. Now the ribs a deal that he faced against the Eagles. So pretty brutal there. We told you Trey Hendrickson was the big defensive injury there. He's going to miss time. That gives Tom Brady a little bit of a break this week in a tough matchup against the Bengals. Vita Vea, that could also give the Bengals rushing attack red hot with the Joe Mixon and uh, Samaji P. Ryan, a break there. So something to watch out with that. And again, nothing else that we stand out here with. But a lot of quarterbacks going down, especially with head injuries and the Debo being the big blow here for uh, our wide receivers, as well as the two Bengals, Higgins and Boyd there for fantasy. All right, there you have it. There's a breakdown here of the most important takeaways from the Sunday Week 14 action from Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen 
today. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, for reactions on Monday, this has been Vinny Iyer. Good luck if you need anything with the Patriots Cardinals tonight. A lot of things are in the balance here for the fantasy football playoffs, so Hopefully all your New England and Arizona players will come through. Hopefully your opponents, New England and Arizona players, will not come through. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, Pick Up Tuesday, looking at the waiver wire ahead of Week 15.